And this is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net. And today, I wish you enough on Avoid the Maze. My guest today is Shireen McHenry. And before we got started, it's very interesting. I always ask my guests, even though sometimes I see it in their bio, where is it that you're from? And Shireen said, well, I was raised near, sort of near you in Ohio, uh, in a little city called Dover. And of course, I know where Dover is, but my husband is an IT person. And he seems to be called there regularly. So uh, I know where it is. But the funny part is, is I grew up in Michigan and that's where Shireen is right now. So it's always a very small world. And the other thing I shared with Shireen is that as women, I think we are now coming to our prime. I don't care what age we are. We can be young and still in high school or college. We could be in the middle of a career or we could be towards our retirement age. It doesn't make any difference. We're finding out that the things that we thought we couldn't do, we can because we want to. And, you know, I, I read Shereen's bio and she's, it says she wants to empower individuals. And it's like, well, that's interesting. But if we didn't come from an empowerful background, how is it that all of a sudden now we are reaching out, grabbing each other's hands, not telling each other what to do, but helping others find their way? So Shireen, welcome. You have a lot of degrees after your name, and I love that. Um, but to be the person you are, those degrees may enhance your background, but really your background is what you lived. So give us a little bit of a dialogue about what got you to where you are today. You know, I had the privilege of growing up with parents who were educators. So education was important. And one of the things that I will always thank them for is that they told me that there wasn't anything that I couldn't do if I was as long as I was willing to put my mind to it and work hard. And I would always nod my head, but it got <laughs> ingrained in my heart. And so the first gift that I would like to share on my journey and yours is there isn't anything that you can't do as long as you're willing to work hard and put your mind to it. So I go to college, I get my first job. I worked at the University of South Carolina and I taught people how to find jobs. So I knew how to interview, I knew how to look. I played the part, which is what many women do, particularly as we're finding our voice and finding out who we are. And I got hired into a job I had no business having. And I quickly became a victim of the imposter syndrome. I knew how to dress, but I didn't know what I was doing. And every day I would go into work and I would wonder, is this the day? that they'll figure out I don't know what I'm doing. I even feel tears now going back to my sure. mid-20s and just thinking about that. So I'm in a bad job that does not use my skill sets. It used my, weak, used my weaker areas. And so it was energy draining. I have an imposter syndrome that I don't know how to get out of. And I become a mess. And I found my way to counseling and it was absolutely life transformative for me. Instead of being this little chameleon that everybody liked because she just became what anybody else wanted her to be without ever having her own opinion, thoughts or wants, 
I found out what I liked and what I didn't like. And for me, it was easier to figure out what I didn't like than what I liked. And then I began to say no to things that didn't work for me and develop conflict resolution skills. And it started me on this path that forever transformed me. And what I will say is I've been miserable, clinically depressed, miserable. And I've been marvelous and marvelous is better. And there are steps that we can take to get there no matter where we are on the continuum. Well, and I think it's recognizing too that life is not always about being up here, okay? We're always striving for that. And I know that was my biggest problem. Um, I just wanted to get up here and stay up here, but I would get up and then I would fall back down. And part of it was I didn't have the skills at that time, but I also had ingrained in me from my parents and my paternal grandparents. It was make other people happy because if you're making them happy, Karen, you're going to be the happiest person on the planet. And I did that for my parents on up. Um, I was the one who, you know, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy a candy bar and I'm going to give it, you know, to that guy, you know, who looks like he's forlorn. And maybe if I give it to him, he'll ask me out on a date. Instead, it was like, oh, thank you for the candy bar. I'm really hungry. And then he'd walk off and ask somebody else out. Um, but been there, done that with you. <laughs> <laughs> so it just took me a long, long time. And I didn't know I was an imposter. And I, and I'm, I'm hearing this word more and more today that um, that's what so many of us believe we are, but oftentimes it's those voices talking to us that are turning us into the imposter, not that we really are. So here you are at a job that uh, is not using your right skills, um, but it probably was a good job. How hard difficult... Difficult is that to say, it's not what I want to do, but hey, it's a good job. Do I leave it? Well, I was so miserable that I, I just wanted a life where I could breathe and I could be, and I was out of doing what other people thought I should do. And there was a lot of pressure. You have a good job. You have a house. People would love what you have. And I've come to the conclusion that People are entitled to their opinions and most of it comes from a good space. But at the end of the day, I'm the one who looks in the mirror. I'm the one who's with me 24 seven, three, six, five. Nobody else lives my choices, but me. And so I had found out that I loved teaching and it's part of why I love being a professional speaker. I love the light bulb of learning that turns on in people's eyes when they get new principles. And so I knew in my heart without a doubt what I wanted to do next. I haven't always had that clarity in life, but I just decided I was going to do what I felt was right for me. And that for me was a very courageous decision. So I went out to the University of Wyoming, earned my PhD in counseling and became a professor. And it was a better fit, but it wasn't a great fit because what I learned that I love is speaking. And so teaching has some of that and I enjoyed my students, but I was 
once again, caught in a good job. And this one I was good at doing, but it wasn't a good job for me. And so I had to learn. And I'm telling you, for me, it was a steep climb. I'm the child of educators. I had to learn how to be a businesswoman. And I remember one day I had found my way to the National Speakers Association because it was teaching me about the industry. And I remember crying to one of my friends and just saying, I either need to figure this out or tell myself the truth. This is an expensive hobby. But every time I would think about walking away from my dream, the dream that never went away, each of your listeners has that, a dream that never goes away. I just couldn't bear to walk away. So I could sit on the curb for a while, but then the dream was too big. And so I did learn how to be a businesswoman. I had to hire a coach to teach me how to be a businesswoman. And 10 years ago, I once again left what everybody thought was a great job. This time it was a tenured full professorship. And people were like, you're crazy because I wasn't old enough to retire. But all I knew was that part of me was dying inside and that I didn't have 10 more years, seven more years in that job. I wanted to be about what I was put on the planet to do. And I would get so frightened that when, <laughs> once again, I can just feel the emotion. When I thought about leaving a steady job and paycheck, I would get so frightened that I wouldn't have enough money to eat. Right. And for me, this is one of my big leaps of faith. Faith is a huge part of my life. And I built runway so that I had some runway to get my dream off the ground, but I wasn't fully successful. And I'm proud to report that 10 and a half years later, I've never missed a bill and I've never missed a meal. And so it's been this wonderful journey and I'm the happiest I've ever been. And that's what people will say is you're happy. And one of the reasons that I'm happy is because I made choices that tapped into what made me happy instead of pleasing everyone else, like so many women are conditioned right. to do. And, you know, I know our listeners are out there saying, oh, you know, she had this education, she had something to fall back on, she had family, whether you did or not, okay, but that's what people hear, and it's like, well, she did it, but, you know, I can't leave my job. Um, my family's not going to support me. But in the most, most of the times, I think that bad talk in our head is wrong. Uh, because when my son was graduating high school, my youngest son, um, my husband's mother had just passed away. And for whatever reason, he decided in her honor, he was going to go back. Uh, he, when he stopped going to college, he only had four classes to take. Um, so now he's going back. <laughs> yeah. So now he's going back and he has a year to complete, but he wants to go on for his master's in education. And I saw him do it. And I was still scared because I had an associate's degree. I was finding jobs. In fact, I was in a job that I really, really liked and I was using my skills. However, I was recruiting at a college and I was recruiting students to get their BA, their master's, their doctorate. And here I am with my associate's degree. And I'm thinking, I'm a fraud, you know? So I decided to go back to school too. So now we have a freshman in college. Uh, I'm sort of a junior. My husband's a senior. Um, and we're all working and taking classes and everything. But that's when it dawned on me that it's not about our age. 
it's not about, you know, how much I have to sacrifice because for me taking my classes, it was a joy. I, I just couldn't wait to work on, you know, writing something or doing public speaking because it was like, this is what I wanted to do. <laughs> and so I encourage everybody, you may not be able, and it took me almost four years to get through all of it. I mean, my, I had taken um, senior level classes when I got my associate's degree and luckily a lot of them carried over. But at the same time, you know, I looked at it originally and was going to be, this is going to take you three, four years to do. And I thought, it's okay. I'm just going to do it. The time is going to march by anyway. Exactly. It's where you're going to be at the end of time. And I do hear you with your listeners going, yeah, it's easy for her. She has a degree. And I will say a degree is a privilege that at every level of training, be it as long as we have a skill set, every level of training opens new doors for us. Exactly. And for me, I wanted to be a professional speaker and make a living 15 years before I figured out how to do it. And I was in a toxic environment. And I'm telling you, whatever level you are, there are challenges. And I did not have a family that was going to support me or any fallback plan. And for me, most courageous thing I ever did. And I don't want to hear, I don't want your listeners to hear, Shereen says, let's go quit our job. Shereen built a lot of runway so that she could get lift off because I have this belief that when we are starting off on a dream and it crashes at the beginning, the likelihood of us getting back in the pilot seat is small. Right. The pain is too big. The devastation is too big. And so build the runway. If it's an education that you want and it's the entry ticket, get the education. Time is going to pass anyway. If it's not the entry ticket, maybe you don't need it. Maybe it's nice. Maybe you're just like, I would rather do dentistry without Novocaine than go to college. And I'm going to support you. It's probably not the right path for you. And do you have a skill set that you're passionate about? Because what the world needs are skilled people. And so I just want to support, again, your listeners, each of you, wherever you are, is what's the whisper of your heart that never goes away? I kind of have this theory, this is my career counseling theory, is that we should be playing hot and cold with careers. And as a kid, if you think about it, when you get further away from your path and what you're searching for, people go cold, cold, colder. And then you turn around and they go warm, warm, warmer. And so if you're cold, like my first job, don't get stuck there. You will be depressed. You will look at the end of your life and go, oh my gosh. And it's going to spill over to every area of your life. If you get to warm, I say good, but not good enough. If you want to live a life of passion keep following the breadcrumbs. And every time I just paid attention to the clues and I paid attention to my heart. And now I get to, because I've made choices, I've taken calculated risk, I've positioned myself, I, I have sacrificed. And there, all these things come in, but I get to live a life now of hot, hot, hot. And there's so much joy in living that life. And I just wanna say, I meet people all the time who aren't happy. 
They're not happy in their jobs. They're not happy in life. And I always think this is America. And you probably have international listeners as well. Sure. This is America. We get choices. Nobody tells us what our job has to be. We limit ourselves. And I look at we have mindset problems and skill set problems. And if you cannot get to where you want to go, it's a mindset or a skill set problem. If it's a skill set problem, training works. It'll get you where you want to go. But if you're like me and you just keep hitting the same brick wall, it's a mindset problem. And this is the day and age of coaches, of YouTube videos, of TED Talks, of incredible books. Let's figure out a way to get over the mindset problem that's holding you back. And if your voice says, who, who do you think you are? You're not enough. You're too old. You're never too old. You're always enough. Now, I'm not enough to be an NBA player. Let's just tell oh, ourselves okay. the truth about right. that. Okay. But as long as we have the physical and the mental capacity, we can achieve whatever it is that we put our mind to. And I would rather live a life pursuing my dreams and hopefully attaining them than watching other people pursue theirs and wondering what's wrong with me and why good luck and good breaks never come my way. Well, you know, in relation to everything that you've said, you're, you're talking about my family, which I think is wonderful, even though we never met before today. Um, <laughs> so my youngest son was born on the autism spectrum. We didn't know that until he was six years old. He achieved everything on time or ahead of time. Um, so we were a little shocked when we found out. Um, but we chose that, yes, we're going to understand that, but we're not going to limit him because people around us said, you know, yeah, he probably won't go to college. If he does, you know, uh, he probably won't make it through college. And yeah, we had a lot of tough times, okay? But it wasn't because of our mindset. It was what was feeding us. And, you know, you, you've got to be nice to your school board. You got to be nice to your kids' friends. And so you start like falling into this trap. But his doctor one day said to us, when Alex turns 25, you're going to see a difference. And I thought, really? I mean, like, Miracle of miracles. Um, but he was almost exactly right. It happened when he was 26, not 25. Um, when all three of us sort of became mindful of what we were hearing and picking and choosing what felt good to us to listen to. And all of a sudden, my son is working. He's doing all the things he wanted. He had, <laughs> he had gone to college. Yeah, he struggled through some of his courses, but some of his courses, he'd never even opened up a book. And, you know, so when I saw that going on, that was about the time that I got into podcasting because I wanted to share that we always had a belief, but we didn't know what to do with the belief. So our, for listeners out there, if you're saying, I, I see this vision, I have this belief, but I hear all these voices around me telling me that it's not going to happen. Well, figure out how you can start to make it happen with those baby steps. You know, 
I don't know, you know, my son initially, when he was two years old, told us he was going to be an MLB player. Um, now he works for a baseball team. He's, he's not a player, but I believe uh, if we had listened to some people around us, uh, he probably could have made it in, in the baseball world. I don't know if he would have been a major league player or not, but that was his passion. But he turned his passion around. He said, how can I use my passion even if I'm not on the field? And he started with baby steps. And what a great question. How can I do this without that? You know, people will say, well, you can't make it as a speaker. You can't make it as a musician. You can't make it as a whatever it is. People, again, will say you can't make it. And then my brain says, well, other people do. Why can't I? I just have to figure it out. And I want to come alongside your son. I struggled with courses too. So it wasn't like <laughs> every day it yeah, was yeah. easy. I actually thought about quitting one time because I hit a brick wall and was like, well, is there anything else you want to do? And the other part of my brain said no. And then the healthy part of my brain said, well, you better go meet with the professor and work harder. I think that women... And I watch men do it as well, but we give away our power to experts. We give our way, our power to other people's opinions. And at the end of the day, I'm back to, you're the one who has to make the decision and look in the mirror. And I would so rather live a life of, I'm glad I did rather than I wish I would have. And I didn't become a professional speaker overnight. I did talks for three years anytime anybody would ask. And then somebody said, well, what will it cost? I'm like, you can get paid to do that. They're like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. How much money do you have? And then I spent the next 10 years giving away the farm every time I spoke. And then I finally got involved in the National Speakers Association and learned the industry. And what I want to say is those weren't wasted years. The years right now are not wasted years. I brought them with me. When I get on a stage, I'm a rock star. I, ha I don't have imposter syndrome because I've spent now 30 years doing it. And so I, for anyone who's struggling, my life is wasted. No, you're going to use those things. You're wiser. You can help cut down other people's learning curves. There's nothing in life, in my opinion, that's wasted. And I would like to take the most direct route to where I want to go. But my life hasn't always worked that way. One of the things I say to my best friend on a regular basis is, oh, dear heavens, I went around the block to get next door again. <laughs> you know, that's what life feels like sometimes. So I just want to encourage people to not give away your power, to not feel that you have to please everybody else. If you are in a relationship, if you're a parent, if you're a spouse, you are in relationship and your decisions impact other people. I worked with a client once and she made a decision to quit her job and her husband was not on board. That was catastrophic for their marriage because it eroded the trust. You, you want to figure out ways to work together. If you don't have a good marriage, I like Dr. Phil, earn your way out of it. Go to a good counselor. We, we don't just like make decisions in isolation. Our decisions impact other people. And I want to be the person in any relationship that says, I want you to succeed. I want you to be happy. And I want to be happy. How do we work together? And not everybody can do that. There are Absolutely. broken people out there. So, well, you know, it's interesting because 
10 years ago, uh, I was in corporate America at a college, loved my job, hated the culture. The culture was just killing me. It was like, you know, you've got to get somebody in here to interview tomorrow, you know, just make those random phone calls. And I would look at them and go, but I've called those same people, you know, for the last six months, like, this is, I can't this, drag yeah, them in right. here. You know, this is a waste of my time and energy. But yet when I had a student come in, I knew the right questions to ask them. I will tell you, I probably only enrolled about 50% who walked in my office because I knew they were in the wrong place and I got them to see that. Okay. Wasn't my choice, but when they came in and the first thing they're telling me is that maybe their husband or parent doesn't want them to go to school. They're still living at home. I'm not telling them not to do it, but I want them to see what those obstacles are. You know, where are you going to get that support from? I, you can come in my office every day and I'll support you, but you still have to go home. So let's work through those things first. Um, so my son was going to the college and one day he walked into my office and he goes, mom, what's wrong? And as soon as he said that, I mean, tears just pouring out of my face. And I said, I, I wanted to do this till the day I died. I wanted somebody to come in here in the morning and see me curled underneath my desk because I had died doing what I loved. And he's <laughs> the patient of that. <laughs> and he says to me, but I don't think you love it anymore. I said, why? He said, well, number one, you're crying. He said, number two, he said, I walk by your office some days and you know, you're having a really involved discussion with your manager and she's telling you you're all wrong. And I said, you're right. He said, why are you here? Well, my first answer was you get free tuition. And his next answer was, um, forget that. We'll find a way to pay for my college. I'll take out loans. I'll pay it back. Who is yeah. this young man yeah. who yeah. has this wisdom, <laughs> who would give his mother permission to tell herself the truth that she's miserable and Absolutely. doing something that no longer works for her? And we came home that night um, and I said, don't tell your dad. I don't know what I want to do yet. And I tried for another week or two to work through it. But each day I was getting deeper and deeper. And finally I sat my husband down. My son was in the other room. And the first thing my husband said to me when I said, I'm depressed, I can't go back there. He goes, well, I was wondering when you were gonna figure it out. Thanks, and honey. I said, and, I, and that's what I said, and he, but his answer was, it was not for me to make that choice for you. And it was a masculine approach too. Men, men ask for help when they want it. They right. get frustrated with women who are always giving them unsolicited advice. <laughs> so he was probably waiting for you to ask. So he treated you in a very masculine, friendly way. I love that the men in your life could see you and could support you. And I do want to say there are toxic work environments. I've been part of them. The system is more powerful than the individual. Try to change it. If you can't, tell yourself the truth. And then you either mitigate the effects, but you're going to pay a price if you stay. And I get why people stay. The second thing is, is not every family is healthy. I think back to in my doc program when 
I volunteered to be a big sister to somebody and she was going to be the first person to graduate from high school and the invitations that her mother and sister gave her to drop out were unbelievable because as human beings, we strive for something called homeostasis, which means even if it's bad, we strive to be the same. And when one person pokes their head up and tries for more and believes in more, the others will often claw them back. But here's the beauty, when one person breaks through, the floodgates are open for those right. who come behind. My, my father was the first one in his family to get an education. Every sibling after him got one. Poor man, poor family. He didn't have food to eat at times in college. And yet my father broke the barrier. And so what I wanna say to you is, you might be in a toxic system. You might need to find healthier friends. I'm not saying to ditch your family, but I am saying to cultivate healthy relationships and people on your team. That's why this woman had a big sister, is somebody who could believe in her. You need sometimes a counselor, a therapist, a pastor, somebody who believes in you because there are going to be tough days when you're trying to achieve any dream where you think you're going to have to sit down and quit. And somebody who loves you can say, no, it's okay. You're going to make it. Well, luckily I did have that. And I also grew up in an environment like you did where if you said you couldn't do something, my parents would ask why we couldn't. They wanted an answer. If we could tell them logically why we couldn't do something. Um, no, I can't reach that because my arm is broken. Okay. My father would say, so what about your other arm? Or what about asking somebody for help? And it'd be like, oh, okay. I don't have an excuse for that. Um, and typically my brothers and I found out we had no excuses, um, but we made them up as we went along. And that's what we do, especially when we're frightened, when we don't think that we're good enough to accomplish things. And, and I wanna say how wonderful that we had that privilege. And I had it in some areas of my life, not in others, I don't know about you, but if you're listening and you don't have somebody doing that for you, begin to ask that question yourself, to yourself. We can coach ourselves. What's holding me back? What is fear doing? One of the things that I noticed in my life was that I was making decisions based on what I didn't want to have happen. And I thought that is not a good way to captain my ship. And the day that I became aware of that, I made a conscious decision that I would make decisions based on what I wanted, not to avoid what I feared. And so we can coach ourselves, but there are times when we need pros. And when I was depressed, I needed medication. I needed counseling. I needed help. I would not even want to know what I would be like had I not been able to do that. And so I want to encourage, again, listeners, if you're stuck in the muck right now and you don't see any way out, Start clearing the muck. Start asking yourself what you can do. If you're poised and primed and you're ready to go, oh my gosh, build your runway and go for it. And if you are living your dream, then I would say congratulations. Keep doing what works and help others along the way. And that doesn't mean that we can pick up their job and do their work for them. I 
I think those of us who have done a lot of healing oftentimes attract people who are broken, who want what we have, but they don't necessarily know that there was a journey to get there. And so I found myself realizing my life was out of balance when I cared more than a friend about or a family member or anyone more about their job, their happiness, their well-being, their health, their dreams. I can't do that. You can't do that either. And so if you care more and are working harder for somebody else to get them healthy, you got to refer them to somebody who can help them. And then they need to make their life choices. And again, if somebody's suicidal, I just think right now suicide is an epidemic in our society. Um, Harry, I'm a big Ohio State fan and Harry Miller just talked about wanting to end his life. And if you need help, you need to reach out now. Right. That doesn't get better on its own. And yeah. Yeah. go ahead. get people to the help that they need. But then let's be about the business of creating lives that work for us. And we are the sum of our choices and some of them are courageous and you're gonna make bad choices. I've made plenty of bad choices. And at the end of those, I just go, well, I can beat myself up or I can just realize I'm wiser than I was last time. So, and, and I think it's important to know that even the bad choices that we have made, whatever those mistakes are, you can go back and learn from them. You know, I grew up in a family that um, they, they didn't really talk. If you made a mistake, it was, I mean, it was horrendous. So I know my brothers and I, we tried being the perfect kids. I know we weren't, but we strove so hard to be perfect that I think it corrupted some of our growth when we, early on because we weren't learning from those mistakes, you know? Um, and I've talked to my brothers about it since. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, the few bad things that we did, our parents didn't sit us down and try to help us get a lesson out of it. And one in particular, I remember um, my one brother is eight years older than I. So he was a teenager and um, we were living in Michigan and he had a girlfriend here in Cleveland and he um, made arrangements to take a Greyhound bus to Cleveland to see her for the weekend, but didn't tell anybody, okay? Um, and when my parents found out about it, uh, they called the family in Cleveland. They said, as soon as he gets there, put him back on the bus and send him home. Never saw the girlfriend. Um, and I remember hearing this story over and over again. And I said to him, so when you got home, were you punished? What did mom and dad say? And they just said, don't you ever do that again? He said, I was. 16 years old. He said, my hormones were talking more than anything else. He said, I didn't realize there was a lesson there until I was a father, until I and had danger. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, yes. and I think about that. Now, people are more outspoken today, but you also tapped on that suicide is an epidemic and it's an epidemic amongst young people. And, you know, I just say, let's listen to each other. Let's hear what people are thinking. You don't have to agree with them, but if somebody is really sad, it's coming from somewhere. 
they're not making it up. Um, if somebody's thinking about taking their life, you can't get a life back. So we've got to work really, really hard at this. And I think we can because we have all these tools now. You know, we have Zoom, we have FaceTime, we have uh, Microsoft uh, Teams. There's so many places to reach out and so many different social media outlets as well where people are talking about, you know, being living your best life. And it doesn't mean, you know, that you have a million dollars in the bank and a yacht somewhere else. It just means living your dream, living your purpose. And again, I think it's so important to call the National Suicide Hotline, to call a listening ear, to call somebody who can help because we really are in over our heads when somebody is relying on us to keep them alive. Right. You can't be with somebody 24 seven, three, six, five. You can't, you are not trained to do that, but you can say, let's make the phone call together. I will go with you. I will take you there. Those are things that we can do. And that's what I think is so critical is we can't, we just can't keep somebody else alive, but boy, can we point them in the right direction and can we get them to professionals who can help them? Absolutely. And I don't want one more life lost to suicide. I don't want a temporary problem. Here's what the research on suicide says and on depression says is that it is cyclical and that people um, do come out of depression. But if you suicide in the middle of that, you never get to come out and there are brighter days um, and there are mental health issues. And so just really want to encourage everyone where, again, wherever you are, I'm depressed. I can't take this anymore to I'm, I'm launching and I'm living my dreams. We all can take the next step. Let's be aware and kind to others, be kind to others. We don't know what their struggle is. And then let's always be the person who speaks the truth in love and says, let's get you the help that you need. Let's get you toward your dream. Let's do what we can do. What can you do today? And that to me is exciting. It doesn't it matter where we are in the continuum. Absolutely. So how can our listeners find you? My website is shereenmchenry.com. It's S-H-E-R-E-N-E-M-C-H-E-N-R-Y.com. And I have a YouTube channel. I'm on Twitter as well as LinkedIn and Instagram. And what I try and do in my life is empower and equip others to have happier, healthier relationships to lead with integrity and to understand that people are different than. So if you like fresh air and you like it positivity and you like golden nuggets that can help you get where you want to go, find me on your favorite channel. And again, you can see my name there, how it's spelled, but you can look me up by that. And I would just be pleased to have you as one of the people that I get to interact with and pour into. Absolutely. And if you forgot everything Shireen just said about how to find her, it'll be in the show notes. So no problem. Just go back to the show notes. We'll have um, all those uh, links there because you know what? We all need to reach out. 
And, and let's uh, link in that 800, the suicide hotline. I will do that. do that. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. Um, it's been such a pleasure. Uh, we'll have to have you back on because I know there are other subjects that uh, would be great to hear from you as well. In fact, I'm going to just throw this out there because you said something very important about how we're really never too old. And we do a show called The Rant and it's about ageism. And I certainly am hoping that before I go six feet under, our society will get a little kinder and realize it makes no difference where you are on the spectrum of life. We all have abilities. We all are breathing the air. So we need to be kinder and we need to make more opportunities for everyone. So um, you'd be a great guest on that show. So I'm going to reach out to you. And uh, I would love that. And I have loved joining you today. Thank you thank for the you. privilege of a wonderful conversation and getting to join you in serving your listeners. I appreciate it. You have a wonderful day, Shireen. Thanks, you Bye -bye. too. Bye-bye now.